This is Talk of the Town, where interesting people talk and London listens. This is Left, Right, and Center, our traditional uh, political uh, dialogue program on Wednesday mornings at 10.30. But today we're doing something a little different. Instead of, uh, of trying to delineate those points or throwing a, uh, a topic on the table, which we sometimes also do, I have a special guest today who's been a guest and a participant in this program many times. Marion Boyd is with us, former Attorney General of Ontario. Very nice to have you here. Nice to be here, Jim. And I asked Marion to join me today uh, just to do a one-on-one -on -one because they're, uh, well, for two reasons, really and maybe more if I stop to think about them, but two that, that uh, popped into my mind. One is there is an awful lot of talk these days with the changes in the New Democratic Party at the, uh, at the, at the uh, federal level and discussions at the provincial level and the sort of a redefinition of the role of, of the left. Uh, some, of the, some of the traditional positions uh, ha have come under fire and some of the realities, I think, of the modern world, things like free trade and so on, that that, uh, I mean, I don't know if we can go back there, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but I think they've, they've put some pressure on, on, the, on the left to uh, either articulate their positions uh, in a more attractive fashion to the, to, to, the, to the voters or perhaps to rethink them. I don't know. Uh, and the second reason is every time I talk to anybody who knows anything about politics in this city, whether we're talking about the next mayor's race or the provincial race or indeed even the federal race, this one name pops up every time, and it's Marion Boyd's name. Uh, so, for those two reasons, and, and a variety of others, I asked Marion if she'd come in today just to have a chat. I, I want to start by asking you about th the left today. And, and I know that, I mean, I'm uncomfortable. I've always been uncomfortable with sort of the labels left and right because people, they do get mixed up. I mean, they do. it's hard to tell. I mean, some issues, some issues I'm pretty far to the left and other issues I'm pretty far to the right. And I think there are a lot of people like that. But when, when people talk to you about the left today in Canadian politics, what are they, from your perspective, what are they talking about? What do you think they're talking about? What do you want them to be talking about? Well, what I want them to be talking about is um, the, the whole vision of uh, government as being a partner, a strong partner, uh, in uh, providing a good standard of living for the people and, and being able, through policies, through legislation, to be able to ensure that uh, every citizen in the country has the real opportunity to thrive in, in, this, in this world. So we believe that government has a role to play in that. Uh, we've been through a, a series of, of governments uh, in Canada and, and certainly in the United States where there is a belief that the role of government should be completely subsumed by private enterprise. Mm. That in other words, what we should do is go with market forces uh, that uh, the the way of business, uh, the sort of winner-take-all competition sort of model, uh, ought to uh, run our lives completely, and that governments have no right to interfere in order to uh, assist those who fall by the wayside uh, as that uh, goes forward. Uh, we don't believe that. We believe that, in fact, there are uh, there are ways in which governments can provide services to ensure uh, an equitable delivery of those services. Uh, Medicare is a very good example. But I'd agree with you in terms of the labels sometimes being confusing because certainly New Democrats have always uh, been quite fiscally conservative. Uh, that may sound wild to some people. There are who some see people who just dropped their coffee cups, uh, yes. Probably. Uh, but uh, we, we have a tradition, and Tommy Douglas uh, articulated a long time ago, that you don't start a program until you can pay for it. You have to be sure that you can support it. And I mentioned Medicare, and it was with respect to Medicare that uh, Tommy made those comments, that you don't put that into place until you have 
the uh, the the basis on which to to support it. And uh, New Democrats believe that the way in which you support programs that are to benefit all citizens equitably uh, is for us to pool our money, to put our money into a pool through our tax system, mm -hmm. and to pay for those services through that. And healthcare is a really good example of that. So that um, even if I am fortunate enough not to have to use the healthcare system uh, in an intensive way, my neighbor may have to. And so I share the cost of that because next year it may be my turn. And so we, we share the cost. And that has been very effective. I mean, even those in the United States who are most eager to break into the, quote, market in the healthcare industry here have to admit that our healthcare system uh, being run from that uh, pooled amount of money uh, costs considerably less than the healthcare system in the United States where it's all different insurers and you have to pay each different uh, 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 group of managers and administrators and so on to do the job so that we're at about 9.8 uh, as opposed to about 14.6 and in the United States of course there are at least uh, 50 million people who about, don't have any coverage. May I ask about the role of government though because you, you said earlier about the belief that a government should be a partner and a player. Uh -huh. um, most Canadians, I suspect, really don't trust our governments to be very effective at much of anything. Oh, really? And they trust business. Well, Look no, at no, business, no, my no, dear. No, no, but, but <laughs> if we're going to... Uh, if, and I'm not disputing what you're saying. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking out loud here that I think most people, in my experience, doing what I do, talking to them, there's not a lot of confidence in... And, and it doesn't matter whether it's a Tory, a Liberal, or NDP, or, or social credit government. We don't trust governments much. We don't trust not just the politicians. We don't trust the bureaucrats. So one of the things, uh, one of the concerns I think that, that some people have with the position you've just articulated is that it does seem to require us to put a lot of faith in an institution that hasn't done a whole lot to give us faith. And yet there's this blind faith that the way of business and the way of the market is the way to go. Well, I'm not Even sure though the examples... Are are just egregious. Well, I'm not sure. Th I'm not sure there's months. a blind faith there, though. I mean, I think if you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move over to the right for a minute here. Although I'm not comfortable staying there all the time, but I move there for a minute, um, and I accept what you say about the these egregious examples we have seen. Uh, by the same token, the, the the high standard of living enjoyed in the United States by most of its of its people uh, is, I think, can be directly related to the to the unfettered capitalism. Well, it's not unfettered; it hasn't been unfettered for a long time. But the capitalist society certainly has delivered a lot of material prosperity. I would I society. would challenge your your statement that the majority of people live a good life, a high standard of living in the United States. First of all, I mean. I, just statistically, that isn't the case. Well, I guess it depends. The gap on between those who have and those who yeah, have not is so huge. But how many of how many don't have? You know, this is this is the the great the great battle between the left and the right is who really is disadvantaged. Are you disadvantaged in Canada if you're living on twenty thousand dollars a year, raising a family on twenty thousand dollars a year? The quick answer is yes, you're disadvantaged. I interviewed a guy last week who's written a book who's raised a family on twenty thousand dollars a year and said it was the smartest move he ever made was to step away from from the conventional, not a conventional lifestyle. He lives in a little house in the suburbs, but he he ordered his life in such a way that he could do it like but that. But he can only do that because there are programs like Medicare, and there are student loans, and there are ways in which you can do that. Absolutely, that but they're there for everybody income. who makes 20000 a year. I mean, so why do we look at that and say, well, if you don't do that, you're somehow living in poverty, you're somehow well, disadvantaged? Well, that's, that's where the propaganda comes in, and the, uh, what we have to really look at you say everybody believes that government is no good. Well, well in my had, experience. They've had that message 
From governments. Mm-hmm. From governments like the Tory government in Ontario, mm-hmm. uh, who did more to, to destroy people's confidence in government than any other group. We didn't hear that when John Robarts and Bill Davis were No, in but they were pretty benign sort of... I know, you know, I know, but they... They, they almost were non-governments. Well, they weren't. They accomplished a great Indeed deal. Indeed, they did. But and I think that still is a vision that people, certainly of my era in Ontario, have, that government uh, doesn't have to be flashy and showy. It doesn't have to be extreme on one end or the other. That they, the, 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 the job of government is to try and determine what the needs are and then build a consensus so that you can meet those needs. Uh, we have not had, and, and I include my government in this, uh, government since 1985 in Ontario, uh, where the focus has been to build consensus. Mm. Um, and and, and that, is, that is a shame in my view. I believe that when, we, when, when governments work to build that confidence, to build that consensus, then you don't have this disaffection with the democratic system. But we've seen in, in, in the United States, certainly from Ronald Reagan's time on, well, I would, I would suggest from Richard Nixon's time on, uh, not only uh, uh, examples of why people might not trust government, uh, but also this rhetoric of the right that government is somehow bad and, and, and can't, can't perform well. And people are beginning to believe that. That's a real danger for our democratic society. It's a real danger when you see a so-called democracy in the United States where the uh, loyalties of the president and his cabinet are so clearly, uh, from their, their background, from their policy position, uh, on that, that, the side of uh, the, the capitalist movers and shakers rather than those who are losing as a result. And I would argue that we've seen much the same thing certainly federally here in in Canada as well. But can we argue with can we argue with the polls? I mean, it, ultimately, it, when we talk about politics and we talk about leaders and we talk about philosophies of leaders, and George Bush is a wonderful example, just because of what you've articulated. I mean, these guys, are, if they're not in the pockets of big business, they are big business. That's right. And yet, they were elected, duly elected, by a pretty well informed electorate. It, they were they were elected stage. because they bought those elections. I mean, if you look at the amount of money that Enron, for example, gave to the the Republicans in the United States uh, in order to uh, buy themselves a government that was going to support their egregious uh, But you can't buy uh, votes methods. in the United States. You, you, can, you can buy minds, you can't buy votes. But you buy votes by, uh, by flooding the, the uh, media, by, by ensuring that the opinion of people is formed by very strong, consistent messages. And the strong, consistent message of the Republicans in the United States is, has been that governments don't work, business does, and therefore we need a business-friendly government. And frankly, we see much the same thing here. Uh, we see we see a, a situation where, uh, in spite of uh, the the efforts uh, that have gone on to try and and build some kind of confidence in in democracy, uh, we see parties like the Alliance and and the Liberals uh, doing much more fight infighting around grabbing power. Uh, between and among themselves mm-hmm. than in putting that energy into uh, providing good government for the people. So you see you see the two major parties at the federal level completely engrossed in their own internal affairs. And uh, I think one of the things that we're concerned about in our party at the federal level now that we have a leadership race, uh, we don't want to make that same mistake. We want to have that leadership race uh, be a, a way to, to show people, yes, we do have differences of, of approach among us, but we also do have a clear vision 
that there is a better way uh, of, of running a democracy, a better way of ensuring that the needs of the people are met by the government they choose. If, it's, if it is to remain a democracy, if we are to, to retain the, the sensibility, I don't mean the structure of a democracy, but the sensibility of a democracy, uh, which I would take to mean the, the idea that e every vote does count and that we can make a difference as individuals by participating in the political mm -hmm. process. If we are to maintain that, though, how, how, do we, how, how do you find that consensus when Canadians themselves are so divided? I mean, we see, we see that right across the political spectrum. There's 20% you know, here, 20% here, 20% here, 20% here, right across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Where's the consensus in that? Well, new, new Democrats believe that we simply have to look at our democracy and look at what is causing people not to believe that their votes count. That's a reality. People say, why would I vote? I mean, we've seen a consistent drop in mm -hmm. the number of people who actually participate in choosing their government. And that's when democracy begins to founder. So one of the major issues for us, one of the major things that will be discussed uh, during the, our federal leadership uh, race, but also certainly provincially, and, and we confirmed this at our recent convention, is looking at other ways of doing this. And we, we do believe that, uh, that we need to be, to be critical of our current system, first past the post, mm -hmm. and really look at how we can uh, ar arrive at a, a mechanism as they have in most Western European countries, where if you if you cast a vote and the person you cast the vote for doesn't get first past the post, your vote still has counted in terms of the formation of the government. And there are many different models on which you can do that, and that's the that's what we're engaged in right now is looking at how can you have uh, that kind of a system uh, of proportional representation that uh, ensures that the citizens in a particular area have the services of their elected member to assist them mm -hmm. with all the various ways in which... Which is a big part of the job, a which a lot of people of don't even recognize it, that as being part of the job. It's the most job. rewarding part of the job yeah. as well. Um, how can we do that? But how can we also make sure that if, 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 if a party wins 40% of votes, that the other 60% of those votes are represented in the parliament as well, because that is the will of the people. And it's my very strong belief, and I've, 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 I've had a hard time coming to this, mm -hmm. uh, that um, we need to find one of the models that also is going to ensure that if we have proportional representation and parties based on the percentage of votes that they get, that those parties then have a requirement to select the people they would put in on those percentage votes mm -hmm. uh, in, a, in a democratic way as well. So that there's real confidence of the people out there that you have the best possible people uh, in, in Parliament. I also think that it will help to attract better people because it's more rewarding for sure. the people who are there to feel that they genuinely are elected by a majority of the people. Marianne Boyd is our special guest today in this special edition of Left, Right and Center. We're going to retin uh, retinue. That means we're going to return and then continue. We're going to retinue after this. This is Talk of the Town on 1290 CJBK. It's Left, Right, and Center, a special edition today with Marion Boyd, our guest, former Attorney General of Ontario, and a, a prominent left-wing Canadian. I think I can say that safely, can't I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Safely say that. I, we're, I invited Marion today to talk about that, about the role of the left today, and she's articulated some of the uh, some basic premises, if you will, and uh, and some of the things she'd like to see to ensure that the. Uh, that the, form, the, the formation of our governments reflects sort of the broader Canadian sensibilities because our present electoral system doesn't allow us to do that. And I, like Marianne, am very concerned about that. I think that bodes, bodes ill for the future. I do want to ask you, though, 
about the role of the... Okay, I'm going to save that. I'm going to cut to the chase here because I don't know how much time we're going to have left. Okay. Um, what's up with Marion Boyd? Every time I talk to anybody you know, over the last couple, three months, we talk about uh, the, the people who are into politics. Uh, the mayor's race is always mentioned. Uh, not so much the rest of the, of the council races, but the mayor's race always mentioned because of the controversy surrounding the leadership style of, of Anne-Marie and what, what council's been through over the last few months. So there's lots of talk about the mayor's race. Who's going to run next fall? Um, provincially, there is an election on the way. Uh, there's lots of talk about is Marion Boyd going to run provincially? And federally, with the, uh, as you say, the search for a leader in, in, the, in the federal NDP party, and, and you have uh, uh, strong credentials. Uh, I don't know whether you have any interest in running for the leadership, but certainly I'm sure you're going to have a voice in that. Um, what's up with Marion Boyd? Would you entertain a run at the mayor's chair? Let's start there. Would you entertain that? I don't think so. I don't think that's uh, where I can make my best contribution, quite frankly. Um, although, uh, it's much more interesting than it was before so many responsibilities were downloaded to cities. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of responsibilities that used to be at the provincial level that are now at the municipal level. Things that are very dear to my heart and I think ought to be of great concern to all of us. Uh, and obviously that includes uh, housing, where we frankly have never had much of a municipal role and need to uh, pick up that ball and, and run with it in a much more effective way than it appears we are so far. Mm -hmm. um, I think, uh, you know, uh, some of the responsibilities around infrastructure and so on that have been, have been downloaded are, are extremely important because without having a strong infrastructure, it's very hard for a community to operate. The other part of it is, of course, as a, as a person on the left, I really believe in collective action and community-based action. And uh, the closer you are to the electorate, the easier it is to articulate what it means to be a community and why we need to act together mm -hmm. to, to, to build that community, as opposed to the, you know, each, each man for himself kind of, of routine that we often see yeah. in right-wing politics. I really believe that there's a role for working collectively. So this is you telling me you're not interested in this? Sounds to me no, like no, you no, are no, interested I'm telling in this. You, I'm telling you that I, I don't think that's at all where my future lies. But it is much more interesting than it would have been in the last in the last uh, municipal run because of those downloads, and it means that we need people who have a broad experience, who understand uh, those new issues that now are at the municipal level, who understand how the the process goes, and who are prepared to exercise very strong leadership in terms of ensuring that the London community. Um, is is uh, is is building its strength rather than uh, allowing that to seep away, and I think there's a there's a, a discouraging sense that perhaps we're kind of losing on that. So I would like to see a really strong, uh, plugged-in, experienced person run for mayor, but I don't think Marion Boyd is that person. What about provincial? You ran the last time, yeah. uh, finished a, a whisker behind Diane Cunningham in a pretty tough three-way race. Um, I know you were very disappointed at the end of that campaign. Well, I was. I was particularly disappointed because of the strategic voting issues. Uh, people who, uh, you know, bought into a, 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 a plan that didn't have any application in our writing. In our writing, however good the liberal candidate was, he wasn't going to win against two sitting MPPs. And uh, the rhetoric of uh, strategic voting in fact made sure that there was yet another uh, conservative member uh, in, in Parliament, and, and I frankly think I had a lot to offer at that point. So, uh, yeah, you can't help being bitter 
when that whole methodology that might have had some application, for example, in London West, mm -hmm. where uh, Daryl uh, lost by, I don't know, 45 votes or something, it just simply didn't apply in our riding, and yet all of the force of the Liberal Party ended up in our riding, which was really kind of self-defeating. It really told me that it was a cynical policy in the first place, uh, because they could have won London West easily. Mm -hmm if they put their energies there instead and of yet, into our riding. And yet I'll tell you, the guys in the, in, uh, the liberal guys in your riding will tell you that they didn't get much help from the party at all. Well, they got a lot of help from Dalton McGuinney in the last two weeks. Well, he yeah. spent four, t four different yeah. times in our riding yeah. and didn't come to London West, which could have swung that, that election their way. So, you know, that was about something else. It wasn't about uh, trying to win seats for so would, so would you do that again? I don't know. Um, I can certainly tell you my family doesn't really want me to do that again. I can. Most families don't like that, and, and my family was extremely supportive over 15 years in politics, and I, they certainly don't want to see me do that again. I certainly am not prepared to shut the door. Um, I have a provincial appointment. If I make up my mind to, to run, I have to leave that provincial appointment. And so I certainly am not at a point right now where I have made up my mind one way or the other. That's, uh, that's, you illustrated something very interesting that a lot of people don't realize. Uh, how does a defeated NDP candidate get an appointment from a Tory government? I, I um, wouldn't speak for anybody else. In, in my case, uh, I think because I, I tend not to be terribly partisan, um, I was able to, in opposition to work with the government on things that were good things that they did, and they did do some good things, mm -hmm. and uh, to, to be the honest broker even where I really disagreed with the policy, how could it be at least, at least less harmful, and so on. Um, and, um, and never, never, uh, I think, uh, was personal about the disagreements. Very clear that, you know, we do have different positions and that's okay. So, first of all, I think there was confidence in my integrity and my ability to do the, the work my understanding of the necessity for government appointees not to be partisan mm. when they do their job. So I think that was that was part of it. That speaks well for the system, doesn't it? I think so. I think it does. I mean, there were a couple of us that, that, that got appointments. Uh, we certainly appointed people when uh, from the Tory party. We, yeah. I mean, uh, Andy Brand is a good example. Yeah. We sent Bob Nixon as a consul to, uh, to England. Good people, strong, not always agreeing with them politically, but very clear, these are people of integrity who've worked hard on behalf of their constituents, who have an expertise uh, that uh, that they're prepared to uh, use in the public service, and then you make those appointments. Marion Boyd is our guest today on the special edition of Left, Right, and Center. So you're not going to run for mayor. You might run provincially. Would you do anything federally? Well, my interest, <coughs> in, but my, my, my major interests have always been uh, really in the kinds of things that are at the more local, provincial level, uh, and now municipal, I suppose, uh, rather than the foreign affairs, the defense things, the trade things. That, that isn't really where my expertise mm -hmm. lies. So although I did run in 1988 federally, uh, at that time, of course, it was the, the, the fight over uh, free trade, uh, I have, you know, really quite consciously put most of my energy into provincial politics. Um, I'm very excited about the race. Uh, certainly, I know Bill Blakey and Jack Layton very well. They are very different in some ways, but I have great confidence in their ability to articulate the position of the West or of the left, and 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 to try and 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 build across the country. Both of them in their different ways. I don't know the gentleman from Quebec very well, and um, don't. Um, 
have any personal commitment. But for me, I think this is a time for us to use this race to articulate the principles and the uh, um, the kinds of policies that we see uh, that would improve the, the democratic process in, in Canada. We have about 30 seconds left. The, the Liberals have, have very assiduously uh, scooped uh, as much of the NDP platform as they could as they could as make, make use of, as always, and they have on the other side of the spectrum too. Is that ever going to change? Do you ever do you see honestly an NDP government in Ottawa? I live in hope because I I find the the, the lack of integrity uh, that happens in a in a party that runs from the left and governs from the right, uh, frankly, uh, really nauseating, and we've seen that uh, with with liberal governments both at the federal and provincial level. And I think there's a lack of integrity in that. I'd, I'd much rather see people really make clear choices. And, and then you come, to the, you come to the compromise in a minority government. You don't come to the compromise uh, during an election and then find yourself in a different place than you thought you were. Marion Boyd, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Jim. I look forward to seeing you again soon. That'd be great. Marion Boyd, our special guest today on Left, Right, and Center.